Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold, and I hope you enjoy listening to part two of my interview with Zarnagarg as much as I had fun interviewing her. She's such a, she's like, she really is a bundle of joy. And what a fascinating life. And she's hilarious. So I hope you enjoyed that. Also, I want to wish all of my um, my Muslim friends, uh, uh, I hope Ramadan is going well for you. I personally couldn't do it. I, I need to eat during the day. Uh, I want to wish all my fellow tribe members a Chag Sameach, a, a one... Sameach, Sameach, a wonderful Passover, and Happy Easter to all my friends and family. And I don't know how many family who who celebrates Easter, so I don't even know why I said that. Well, I do, so, but not whatever. It doesn't matter. But Happy Easter, Happy uh, pa- Passover, 
uh, get ready to be constipated and sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of Kill Me Now with Sarah Garden. You're in college. How, how old were you when you went to college? Uh, 17. 17. Yeah. Okay. Are you looking around you thinking, what is what are their lives like? I mean, you go from the Bombay privilege to like sitting in a classroom and you're in Ohio. It's not even like you're in this cultural capital where you're seeing, you know, no, it's, you it's just, really Midwestern. So yeah. what, what were you? I mean, I loved it because I was driving a car. My sister taught me how to drive. She had to, there's no other way to right. turn around. And it was, you know, I came to America at a very um, interesting time. I don't know if you, you may remember Jeffrey Dahmer was a big story back then. Yes. And he was in Ohio. Right. So I was like, I'm never going to anybody's house. I literally in my Do mind. Do you know that um, his his cousin or niece, if someone does stand up now. She does? Yes. Do we know her? Henry told me. Um, I've seen her. Yeah, I'll find out from Henry and I'll get you the info. But yeah. But I remember coming to America and thinking, oh, my God, that's what they do in their big houses. Right. You know, and no one had servants. No one at all. That was the first. I was like, where are the servants? I landed. I had my sister. I'm like, where are the servants? She's like, no, we are the servants. We do everything. <laughs> we are the servants. We and then yeah. snow and black ice. I remember being terrified of black uh-huh. ice. Like if you fall, you're going to break your bones. Yes. I was like, what does it look like? They're like, you can't see it. So what is is she, and she has kids, right? She had kids. So how old was the oldest kid? He was like four or five. Like okay. the third one was born when I was there. So. Uh, you know, they were very little and and I loved it because I felt like I could help her a little and bit. You're pu- and it was your family. It's your family. Oh. OK, so you're go. Do you meet any any friends at, at school? Well, people were always friendly, but I was more on guard. Right. I was like, I first of all, I you know, I've always viewed having friends as having it's it's a luxury in life. Right. To me. I was like, I, I don't have time for friendships. Like you guys hang hang out and do nothing. I, I don't have time for that. So I, you know, I, they were always very nice to me, but I was always like, I need two more credits. I need to finish this class. I need to, you know. So uh, very and focused. The, and the TV show Friends was on back then. Do you remember the TV show? No, oh, please. I was, do, do, do you realize what that show looks like to an Indian person? It is the worst thing you've ever seen because they're dating. They're not dating. They're dating. They're not dating. They're getting married. <laughs> like if you come from the world that I come right. from, the horror show. Right. So I was like, I don't need friends because there's a lot of confusion and nobody works and I, I can't have Yeah, they're not, they don't work, but they have a nice apartment and they're, no. yeah. So you didn't go to any like parties no. or stuff like that? No. And okay. honestly, I didn't even miss it. Like, I'm not sitting here missing it. Like, right. I, in, a, in my spare time, I would want it to read a book. Right. So, and now you can. Now I can. Uh, okay. So you go to Case Western, which is a great, when you got in there, you must have been freaking out. Such a great school. And then you go to Case Western Law School and you're living there, right? Yeah. Is yeah. that, does that, do you become more Americanized or more comfortable in that 
space? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, people would love people love visiting my house because my little apartment because I was always cooking because that's the life I knew. Uh huh. So you're making but, friends now. Yeah, but I would go to their house. I would be like, "Where's the food?" And it would be like a cereal <laughs> box, and right. it would be so shocking to me. I was like, "This is this is your breakfast?" Like I didn't, right. you know. It was a really great time. I mean, I learned so much. And Cleveland, you know, Cleveland's an interesting town. I like Cleveland. A lot it's, of Jews. It's not, it's not the bougiest town right. at all. There's very gritty parts. Yes. But then Case Western is like this little oasis of academia. You know, doctors, dentists, like all these like right. really intellectually curious people. So uh, I, I, it was the best time. So... You realize that you're a good writer. Is that, or you liked no, writing or. I never, I never thought I was a good, people always like my writing. If I, right. read, if I sent an angry email to somebody, people would always be like, you wrote it so beautifully. I was like, I was mad at you. Did you get that? Right. Did you get, and so I've always had people say that, but you wrote it so beautifully. For 30 years, I waited for the math gene to activate. Right. And it didn't. Why am I the only Indian who can't do math? Oh, please. You got I mean, you did get a degree in finance, so you must do some math. But, but it was a struggle. It was like right. with my friends. It didn't my come family, naturally. It just fell out of them. In my case, I was like, what is it again? You know what I mean? Like I was yes. the dumbest one in my family. That's what I say. And they say, no, you're the smartest. And they're right. <laughs> anyway, so. uh how old are you when you meet Shalab? So my third year of law school, I was 21. Right. And Your third I, year of law school, you're 21? Yeah, that's it. I finished it I all. Can't, in, I mean, that's crazy. Okay. I didn't, I didn't take any summer, winter, or I was working. Right. Uh, but I had a moment in Cleveland thinking, I'm now so old, I'm never going to meet anybody. because Yeah, because you're 21. Meet, I mean, wow. I'm going to meet an Indian guy in Cleveland in like by myself, you know. And by then, my dad had given up. He wasn't even talking to me. He never spoke to me after I left. Right, you left and he never spoke my to you siblings, again. My yeah. siblings, what am I going to go back to them and be like, now arrange me as if I can't do anything? So in 1997, AOL was new, you know, America yes. Online. Yes, you've and got I mail. I don't. Yeah. So they used to have hoardings all over America and their tagline was open up your world. Right. I was like, Ganesh sent him. Ganesh sent AOL to Cleveland, Ohio to open up my world. I was so literal and naive. I was like, how do I for 1999, I can open up my world. And I bought the, that AOL thing and I got an account and. And I found all these at the most primitive, primitive online dating spaces, an Indian matchmaking space online. What was it called? Matrimonials.com. It barely exists today. It was like, like an HTML site. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, I can maybe I can find somebody here. So I put an ad out that was so obnoxious that like I What was it. What was it? You know, because I came from this arranged real life metric, 
I was like, you've got to be brilliant. You've got to be wanting to do something big in your life. Because I heard my dad say stuff like that. Right. It's like, your family has to be good. And, and I was like, I'm not even going to lie. I'm like, I'm five feet. I struggle with my weight. <laughs> I was like, just put it out there. What's the point of lie? You know, he's like, right. just put it out there. But what I didn't realize that in 1997, it turns out I was the only woman putting an ad for herself. No every way. Other, every other Indian woman had a mother or an aunt. Or Who somebody. knew someone to arrange it? Because back then people were like, what if he's a serial killer? You know, it was matchmaking online wasn't what it is today. So what happened is that I got floods of responses just because people were excited to talk to the girl without having to go through a middleman. So are you freaking out? Like, oh, my God, look at all these guys that are. I was like, I was like the Hindu gods created America online for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you get what do you do with all these responses? Oh, I met. I mean, I think over 80 guys flew. No. Yeah. That year to meet me. What would you do? Where would you go? There was one McDonald's with a big glass front. So it was all open. Like you, like there was. So they can't murder you. Okay. And I was like, I would plan all my dates, whatever you want to call that, that there. And it was, you will be shocked. Okay. And they weren't like, I don't want to go to McDonald's. I mean. I would be like, I, that's, that's all I got. You know, I was, you know, I've been clear about what I want and don't want. Okay. Did you order food at McDonald's? Well, I couldn't because I'm vegetarian. So it's, I couldn't order much. Right. You could get, you could, you could get French French fries. fries. Yeah. So I would get French fries. It's the only good thing there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So for an Indian guy, that was often a tough, they're like, you want to go to McDonald's? Like they couldn't understand, but I, you know, but I was like, no, 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 it's a thing. It's, it's got a big window and I don't feel safe going anywhere else. Okay, so you go to McDonald's and it's is it 80 days in a row or is it? It was over a year. Okay, it was over a year. Did you ever see anyone twice? Did you? I did. There were a few and they were like, you know, but the guys that were interested in me, I didn't I was not interested. You know, it was very and most guys weren't interested in me. That's the truth. Like, I think I was too much of something very. Yeah, they're not going to control you. Yeah. And plus they wanted to date Americans. Oh, my ad said, I don't want to be friends. I want to get married. Please don't call me if you want to be a friend. Cause I had watched friends, the TV show. I was like, no, 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 yeah, we don't want no, that. I can't deal with that. Yeah. So I, so a lot of guys would be like, so I would be like, so when do you want to get married? And they would be like, well, it, you know, they, they were born and raised here. And they were like, what are you talking about? So I go, did you read the ad? The experiences were all really good, but nothing was clicking. Okay. And then I got an email. I mean, weren't you after like 40, like, ugh, I can't do this anymore? No, because in an arranged system, I had seen people go through hundreds. Oh, okay, okay. Because after three, I would have been like, no, I'm done. And plus, I'll just live by myself and get a cat. Yeah, I couldn't live by myself. Like who? I was so scared that my time in America would come to an end, and that you would be sent back. Okay. Yeah, I would be said. Where am I going to go? Like you, when your survival depends on it, your tolerance goes way up. Right. So you get someone writes to you. Is that what happened? 
got an email from this guy and he's like, this ad is a joke, right? This isn't real. And I said, it's very real. And he goes, this can't be real because it was obnoxious. I mean, Julia was like, you've got to be brilliant because I'm brilliant. <laughs> and you've got to bring proof of your brilliance. How else will I know that you're brilliant? Yeah. And, you know, I was like, bring your tax returns because I had seen that. in a Oh, movie. that's hilarious. No, but even arrange work, yeah. you do that. You're like, does he actually have a job? Like, we need to know if he has Why a job. I need proof. Yeah. We're trading our daughter for him. You know what I mean? So I wrote it all. I was like, bring your tax return. And this guy was like, so I emailed him. I said, what are you doing? Like, you're not looking to get married. Why are you engaging with me? So it turned out that him and his four friends in Switzerland, Indian guys in Switzerland, were goofing around on the personal site and saw my ad. And he decided to write to me. And he is, happens to be who I'm married to today. So how did you meet him? He couldn't believe it was real. I said, I don't understand what you're not believing. So he's in Switzerland. Yeah. Ha, what, where do you meet for the first time in person? At JFK. So he's you're, like, are, how are you corresponding? Just he, through email? He, and he's like, I have to meet you. I go, no, you don't have to meet me. And I have no time to meet you because you're not trying to get married. And I, I don't know if you read the ad for the 10th time. <laughs> and, you know, in the... I. I found, <laughs> And I, I told him, I'm meeting a doctor from here. I'm meeting a doctor from there. And he's like, I, I, I need to see this for real. Is this for real? And he goes, I said, he goes, I'm coming to New York. I said, okay. And, and that time I was in Cleveland wanting to move to New York. I thought, okay, maybe New York has Indian people. So I was like, oh, I'm moving to New York. So he said, okay, can, can I meet you in New York? And I said, you know what? Only at JFK because all my other times are booked. I had already scheduled. <laughs> I had scheduled so many dates in New York that I was like, I had no time. So we met at JFK. So um, you went, all right. What was it like when you saw him for the first time? I mean, I thought he was great. And I think he was like, he, he was first of all convinced I wasn't real. So I think he was relieved that there was a real person. And we had like, we, we shared a cab into Manhattan and, you know, we started talking. He's like, so why are you trying to get married? And I was like, listen to me. I can't tell you my whole life story in the 25 minutes. <laughs> but I, it's nice meeting you. You know, now I'm real. Go on, do your thing. Whatever you do in whatever reason you, that you're here. And he said to me, no, I'm here to meet you. I don't know anybody in New York. So I'm like, no, no, no. You did not fly here for me. Because then I have to deal with where you're going to stay and stuff. <laughs> And he's like, I don't have anywhere to go. I go, oh my God, what are you talking about? Like, he was a kid too. He was 22. So I go, I don't know where to put you. I barely have a space for myself. So he goes, okay, I'll sleep on the floor wherever you're going. Just take me for two days and then I'm going back. So I had to drag him with me. And like, he slept on the floor for two days and I continued with my dates. <laughs> you continued with your dates while he's on the floor knowing you're going out on dates. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to marry. I mean, he went in. So he is a graduate of the most prestigious school in India. It's like the kids who don't get in there go to MIT and Stanford here. Okay. Because the numbers are so stacked against right. you. Just the sheer numbers. So he's a graduate of that school. So in his mind, he was a superstar. And when he met me, he's like, you're going to meet this guy. And what does this guy do? And so like, he was really confident. 
And he did he know immediately you were the that he liked you and you were the one? I don't know because we didn't meet with that intention. He didn't come to America thinking he's getting married. Right. He came going, I gotta see what the hell's going on. Yeah, he thought he's like, oh, it's it's this little American adventure that he's gonna have with me. And I was like, what am I doing? Whatever. Okay, fine. He seems nice enough. Let's meet. Uh, so every date I went to, he would be like, so how did it go? What do these people talk about? And he didn't come from a world of dating either. Uh-huh. So he was like, what do you guys talk about? What do they ask you? What do they ask for for in ma- for marriage? But are you staying up at night talking like he's yeah. on the floor? Oh, he's so on- you're bonding. After- yeah. yeah. I'm like, you know, in America, they ask things like, like, what do you want to study in college? Like, who cares about that? Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces, but I live in an apartment and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So he leaves. And did you miss him? Very much. I was like, oh, my God, he was a great guy. Like, we laughed a lot. And, you know, and he was. No no funny stuff. Nothing. He didn't touch you. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. And we were like, and he, you know, and I. He left and every date I went on after, I was thinking about what am I going to tell him about right. this date? So I knew something, but I didn't know that he, you know, then he would call me and be like, how did it go? I'm like, why are you still calling me? You know, now I knew he was messing with my head because like I needed to progress with other people. But then, and then. He how did he come back? How did you get together? He's like, I want to be your friend. And I go, oh my God, for the 15th time. 
Right. I cannot have a friend. I don't know how to explain this to you. You don't understand. People who have time have friends. I don't have time. People have died around me. I've been thrown out. Like I've had enough drama. Right. I need a husband. I need somebody I can attach myself to and actually make a life for real. And stop so, being on people's mercy. Does it come back? Like, Why can't that be me? I go, you're a kid. Go home. Because everybody uh, I was meeting was much older than me. You know? I love him. See, <laughs> he's like, why can't that be me? I go, because you're not looking to get married. What are you doing? Go home. Go, go to your mom. So how do you get married? No, we, the, he's like, no, I, I, think, I think we're a match, he said to me. He said, you don't understand. Like, I think, and like, we never, I'm, never in my life have I used the word love. I've never said I love you to him, nor would he say it to me. And like lately, I've been thinking if he were to say it to me now, I would think he's dying of COVID. <laughs> Do you think, is, is that a very Indian thing that you don't say love or? So you know, Judy, I don't know if you know my TikTok adventure, but my joke about I've never said. Yes, I love you that to was the first thing that went viral. Yes. Because we don't as a culture say that. And now what I've learned through TikTok is that there are so many cultures in the world who don't. It's, a, in fact, a very American thing to profess your love so emphatically. Well, but, and it's Shakespearean as well. But yes, I agree. But the Shakespearean stories often ended in tragedy. So I think. He oh, did. I know. You know what? Shakespeare would be canceled at this right. point. You know, <laughs> exactly. uh, and every but, opera. But, but yes, he didn't, he, he's like, we're a match. Don't you see it? And I'm like, no, I don't see it. I don't see. And it. it's interesting because you when you say because you say it's such it's all about math and figures and and making sense. And love is not a rational. There's no there's no number that goes with it. So those are things that you suppress in a way. Yeah. Feelings and I was like, that, what are you going to fall in love with me? And what what are you talking about? You don't have a job. You have no money. You have no life. You're a student. I can't do this anymore. And then he's like, you, you're not good. Okay, go on your day. And then he became even more confident. He said, go, go, go on more dates. Let's hear about how it's going. And then every date I went on, it became like, why am I not? You know, it became clear very quickly. And so he, does he fly back? Yeah, he did. He came back. And then after that, we've been inseparable since, you know. And did his, are his parents alive or were yeah, they alive? Yep, they're alive and they were, of course, completely Where did they live? Shocked. They live in India. Okay. They live in a, in a small, tiny town outside Delhi. So they're very, the people of very modest means, even though very educated and smart. Nice and so sh- does he bring you to meet them? No, no, no. I couldn't have left America. I was Oh, right, because that's right. Visa. I couldn't have left. So he had to call them and say, I, I want to get married to this girl. And they were in a state of shock. They're like prize superstar son, you know, who had a job in Switzerland. And they were like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I met her and I'm going to marry her. And we're coming to India to get married. But like I landed in India two days before my wedding. So uh, but his mother, to her credit, was very, very, uh, very welcoming. And she said, you know, my son is so smart that if he thinks this is the move, this is the move. 
So did you feel a maternal thing from his mother or or and did any of your family come to the wedding? Yeah, my whole, my siblings came. My siblings loved him. I made him meet my siblings before we got married. I said, my dad's never going to meet you and you're not going to like he is not going to fit my dad's criteria. But my siblings are good, decent people. And, you know, if they like you, then we can get married. My dad went to his parents' house to sabotage our wedding. He was like so angry. He went and met his her his parents? And insulted them and told them what a big loser their son was. What and, the fuck? Yeah, because he was like, Who's He's so angry. Guy? But you know what? That's the that's what happens when you don't deal with feelings or you don't acknowledge feelings. Exactly. It's all, you know, it's like anger. That's the only thing you can you can the only way you can process it. Yeah. So we yeah. go. Were they like, who the fuck is this guy? They were shocked because he's so rich. A rich man, think a very rich man shows up at your door and you're like a humble, you know, you think your son is in love. You're still trying right. to deal with that. And my, my dad showed up in his, you know, car with his whole entourage. And he's like, what is your son? And then he went into this whole, your son's trying to trick my daughter. She's a big lawyer in America. The man had not, like, was ashamed of everything I did until that moment. And he's like, my daughter is a big lawyer right. in America. And, you know, but my in-laws, to their credit, trusted their son so much that none of it mattered. That's amazing. Like, if you think this is the right move and, you know, they were like, then this is the move and this is what we do. What? So you were, uh, what kind of law did you practice? I practiced litigation in New York City. You did? Where, where did yeah. you work? At a, at a law firm downtown in Battery Park called Army Auntie and Brooks. It was a small firm because I was an, I was on a work. I needed a work visa. Uh huh. So not every job was open to me, but they were willing to sponsor me and help me get a visa. And uh, they did they did litigation uh, with the MTA. You know when people die on subway tracks and all they get in. Did you like it? I loved it, and I was so good at it. I mean, I make jokes about how bad I was. Yeah, as you do, lawyer, but. But I was so good at it. I can't imagine you being a bad lawyer. Um, and, you know, that is performing. That yeah. is performing litigating. You know, yeah. you have to tell a story yeah. and convince people and get a reaction. And that's what stand up is. And I hate to tell you, Zarna, stand up is all math. Timing, you know, the amount of words like a syllable can change a joke. It is so mathematical and musical. And you don't know, I have only newly discovered this, but you don't know the thrill it gives me to dig into a joke and listen to a tape and be like, but why didn't it work? Right. Why did I lose the audience here? Like, this is who I am inside my bones. And I yeah. finally have a space to like, to work. It's like finding clay for the first time. And, being right. able to mold and it, it. you know, it's funny. I've been doing this. Most of my life. I mean, since I'm 19, it, you know, I'm so comfortable. I, I mean, that I'm more comfortable probably on stage than I am like doing anything. I mean, it's just like it's that's where I feel, you know, and I will that I'm at the point where I will do a joke and be like, why didn't why didn't you laugh at that? Like, <laughs> yeah. is this funnier than this? What if I said that? You know, it's like. Yeah. But it's interesting because I do think that your 
performing in front of a jury or, you know, telling this person's story was practice is stage time in a way. So you have three kids. Uh, your daughter is the eldest, right? Is she right. 18 or 19 or 19? Yeah. At where, did she go to college? Yeah, she is. Where does she college. go? She's at Stanford. Oh, so she's an idiot. <laughs> and what is she studying? She's <laughs> I make jokes about this. She's believe it or not, she's doing ceramics. No, she is not. Yeah, she is. At Stanford? Yeah. Okay, that's an hour right there. That so is an hour. Unless she's doing like ceramics of the human brain. I told her, I said, you you better be doing a double, triple, quadruple major. I don't know what it's going to take, but you cannot graduate only with a degree in ceramics. <laughs> did she go, Did she grow up in Manhattan? Yeah. She, she did. did. Did she go to private yeah. school here and everything? So she did for for a long time. And then for high school, I switched her. Honestly, the private school world wasn't right for me. Oh, please. It's so not. I took all I took all my kids out. They were in there for many years. But I there was another system that was killing me. I couldn't yeah. handle it. You and know, it's, it's so expensive. Work. Did they go to Hunter? So, Where did they go? They, so she went to Bronx Science. Bronx Science. Yeah. Yeah. And what yeah. about the other two? So my middle one is at Lab High School. Oh, that's a great school. Yeah. The Lab School. Yeah. Loves it. And my little one is in elementary. He's at PS6. PS6. Great yeah. school. Yeah. My kids went to uh, public school, too. Yeah. I um, think, listen, I think the public schools in New York. Phenomenal. There, right. And the an parents experience. are way more involved than than in a private school. And focused on the right thing. Yes. You know, I'll tell you, like, when I was in, my daughter goes to a marquee name school, and I understand that not many people think I'm being honest, but I can tell you what I believe. I didn't send her to Horace Mann, where she went for many years, praying she goes to an Ivy League school. Right. If anything, I was very insistent with her. You be true to yourself. And then what school takes you, takes you. We're not going to obsess over all this. Right. And and I truly believe that that's why she got it. Like her heart was in the right place all along. Like she, I don't well, think- she had, running, you're I, such an example. You're such an example of overcoming and having a dream and fulfilling it and being focused. I mean, it's amazing. You're, you're a strong woman and a great role model. And are they very Americanized? Your they're kids? so American. It kills me to say it. But yeah, I mean, that's why- when I was struggling what to do to get back to work, 16 years, I was a stay-at-home mom because, you know, raising a family with no family around. no oh, per- forget no, it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. And it's fine. I did it. I was very happy. But, I, you know, my friends who knew me as a stay-at-home mom described me as a caged tiger, as a caged lion. Like, I was mm-hmm. always like, I want to be a part of the working world. I want to do something. And you were probably surrounded by women who were working, too. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out how to make that happen for me. And my daughter just one day is like, why don't you should do comedy, mom? I love I that. Like, what? What Did are you talking you, about? When your daughter turned 14. Yeah. That must have been a really difficult thing for you. I mean, did you see yourself? I mean, you see, you know, I'm a mother. You see yeah. 14 and you yeah. think baby. And, and right. that must have really brought up, oh, my God, I was that young. That what you went through at 14 and what she went through at 14. Was yeah. that? I mean, 
that and I think the bigger scare for me has been like I'm 47 this year and my mom didn't make it to 48. So I that's a, actually somewhere in my head. Yeah, it's interesting, there is right? A, there is a there is a timer that I'm working against. Like people in the comedy business office, they're like, how many shows do you do in a day? But I'm working against a clock in my own head constantly. I feel like I have such limited. Oh my time. God, I you're already, so young. I uh, already started so late. You know, right. I well, late you know, Phyllis Diller started at 37 with five kids. It's never too late. And, and also, you know, it's funny because there is so much misogyny in this business. And, and I see over the four decades that I've, been doing this that I've seen the role of women and how we're treated, you know, you know, you get older, you're in your fifties. Once you're in your fifties, you really don't give a shit anymore. And you're funnier and you're fearless, but we're so objectified that it's who wants to hear a woman in her fit. Well, you know, I know, you know, for me, Joan Rivers was from the time I could was conscious was my hero and I knew her and she was amazing. And I know that you, and I love this, that you've said that you feel most akin to the Jewish women comedians. hundred percent. I credit the Jewish women in comedy for helping me get on the stage. Uh, Felicia Madison was the first one. My friend said, go, she does open mics. And I was like, I don't know what to do in an open mic. And she said, go talk to her. And then when I went, she's like, just get on stage. Just talk about what you think is funny. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it had been another man or another person, I would have felt as comfortable just getting up there and saying anything. Oh, of course, you wouldn't have. She would have, you know, she made it. So it was okay to even just say anything that came to my mind. And also I have my own connection with the Jewish faith. So I... 20 years ago, I did a whole one-year docent program at the uh, Museum of Jewish Heritage. You did? Yeah. So it's, you know, when you have a very... Yeah. I mean, I... I, So when I lived in... When I got married, we moved... We lived in Europe for a little bit before we came back to America. And I discovered the Holocaust for the first time in Europe. So I remember thinking, how can I have a degree in finance, a degree in law? I'm an educated woman who read and I didn't know that this has happened. And then for years, I went through an inner journey of like learning more and more. And, you know, the sadness, I had my own baggage. Right. And there was so much to draw from, like how people got hope, how people kept going even though my life was nothing like that of the stories that I read, but I drew so much inspiration and courage. I have a deep, deep connection with the Jewish faith. And I went to the museum of Jewish heritage and I told them, I said, I'm shocked. I didn't know. And they said, you know, I said, I want to learn. So they put me in this program and they said, you know what? We have enough docents doing tours in the museum, but if you want to help us, you go out and tell your world what we've been through. Right. That's exactly and that right. my job. So people come from India to America to New York and they're like, Statue of Liberty, they want to go to a Chrysler. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to go to the museum. I love that. 
I love that because it's true and people don't know. And and uh, I am now because there's so much anti-Semitism where there always was, but now it's really out in the open. I am going to be having um, Holocaust survivors on uh, every two or three months because these stories need to be told. Need Um, to be told. Absolutely. So and I also joke that there's an older Jewish lady living inside me because you you're very talk, Jewish. You're very yeah, Jewish. I mean, the words come out of my mouth, too. Like I, the Meshuggahs. I. Right. I mean, why did I just say that? I'm not sure why I said it. Right. But it came out and now I get we're scared. very like, can similar. I, can I get canceled for it? I don't know. But it no. naturally falls out of my mouth. No, you're allowed to say it. OK. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. First of all, I'm so happy your daughter told you to do stand up. And I love that you Googled, you know, knowing you're funny, you Googled jobs for funny people. Yeah. I mean, there's no you can't be a female comedian in India. No, no, not. At so all. your life's journey. When you look back, I mean, God, the, the things you had to go through. But you're doing what you're meant to be doing. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like destiny has brought me here. There's no other explanation for why I'm here. Right. I mean, why am I at the cellar? I'm just following Chris Rock and going up before Kevin Hart and following you and then sitting. Like, there's no explanation for this. I didn't even know. The first open mic I did, I remember getting on stage and saying, white people do this? Like, this is a job? (laughs) You know, to stand there and, like, talk about your president, and like, that will get you jailed in one day in India. That is why the First Amendment is so important here. And my book, yes, I can say that. Um, Zorna, your father died over a decade ago, but, what, 15 years ago or something? Yeah. Your mother died when you were 14. And I believe that they are so fucking proud of you and what you've accomplished. I I have to believe that there is some divine intervention uh, with you because you're the whole package. You won this amazing um, screenwriting award, uh, 11,000 entries. You won at the Austin Film Festival. Is that becoming a film? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been optioned and they're working on it, you know, as another thing I wrote in complete innocence. I thought I'll write a film and I'll call the CEO of Disney and be like, now go make it. Right. (laughs) I love that. I love that about you. But it's like, that's how you feel like that's how I was when I was when I first started. I was like, oh, I'm going to be on the Tonight Show. And And then you, you know, you get jaded and people just put you down and you go and and it just it just it peels away at you till you're just like, forget it. I'm not even going to try it. But I love that you're so lucky that you have this brilliance 
and all of these experiences. And you're you're doing this now with all the knowledge you have. It's like that is why it's going to work. And don't think you're running against a clock. Look at Joan. She was never more relevant than when she died at 82. So. By the way, huge inspiration for me too, Joan. Yeah, she, uh, the best. Okay, so I always ask, I could talk to you forever, by the way. I always ask my uh, podcast guests two questions, okay? Number one, what do you do for your mental health to keep mentally healthy? It's so boring, but I take a nap. I'm a big... Like when I, when I've lost my mind or I just can't figure it out, I just need to shut down and be left alone for an hour. Just sleep. Uh, Now, do you drink caffeine? I do drink caffeine and I drink alcohol too. Please. How can you not? (laughs) But could you, um, you can sleep on caffeine? Listen, there are days when I'm so tired, like 10 cups of coffee, you know, you know, the life we have. Oh, and it's please. such an upside down, like, you know, I, I'm here, I'm there, I'm coming home at one and I'll sleep standing up. Oh, I can, I can sleep anywhere. I would, I know this is horrible. Everyone poo, 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 and I'm horrible, but I think I would be a good homeless person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's that because, you know, like last night I did this, this mint comedy show and my spot was like 11 o'clock and I was like, you know, I used to be out till and the clubs went till two or three in the morning when I started. Yeah. But I can't these 11 o'clock spots or I'm just like, oh, and then I'm going to get home. And, uh, and I, yeah. it's it, and when you have kids like people don't realize. And my son, Henry, by the way, who was so mad that I was a comic and didn't have a normal job like everyone else is now producing shows. So that's yeah. really, you know him, right? I saw him last night. I was outside the, the cellar uh, waiting for oh, my Oh, yes, because I was on the, uh, yeah, he said yeah. he saw you and he loves and you. I was like, I wanted to go see you, but I was on hold because any minute a famous person was about oh, to get yeah, up Chris and I had to in. get yeah. on. So, but, and in the end, I got bumped. I never got on. It's so annoying. No, it's, listen, it's. I know, I, it's just, part of the listen, job. It's yeah. Part, and me, like, look, at who am I? You know what right. I mean? Right. I'm yeah. just happy to be able to watch all of this go down. Right. So, but um, I was dying. I was talking to Henry. I'm like, can I go watch her? And he's like, but she's there. And over here, I knew they were like, if he comes on, you got to get on right away. Right. You know. It's amazing. Uh, the life we lead. My second question. And the reason I call the podcast Kill Me Now is because I, as you know, since you've seen my act, I get annoyed at everything. So what makes you so what makes you really angry and pisses you off more than anything? I mean, I'm going to be like a little very full on political mode right now because I'm really furious at the state of women. Oh, bring it on, sister. Bring it on. You know, I'm like now in, in on top of the fact that destiny brought me here, I I cannot tolerate the way women are being treated in politics in business i'm a businesswoman i like to get paid i'm very clear about right that. and we do and not get paid as much as the men not at all and it's always a fight people always expect us to do stuff for free and do oh wh- what are you doing it's just a joke no it's oh my god it's so i it's like I, I can't even tell you i do um you know i do i'll do a gig and then i will 
sell my book afterwards. And they're like, can you give us the proceeds of the book for the charity? And it's like, I pay for the books. What do you think? I just get my book for free from the publisher? No. I, I mean, would they, ask, would they ask Bill Burr that? They wouldn't. No, bet. no. I mean, they would be like, take more money from us. Like, right. I, and I know now the, uh, the inequities that exist. Like, you know, uh, I think the record number of jobs were created in the last three, three to four months. All of them went to men. Right. Because women and mothers in particular got completely derailed during the pandemic. Right. So I now I'm com- I'm furious to the point that I am going to do something about this. It's also, but- you know, there's another thing to be said for, you know, when I started out and I've said this multiple times on the show, you know, I would call a club and they would say, oh, we had a woman here three months ago and she didn't do well. So we're not. Yeah. So and I've I've told this multiple times. And that and then and, and at this point, the fact that. women on a show is a special event. It's still a special, like, like we have to stop doing that. Like we have to stop calling women on a show a different name and, you know, genderizing it. You know, we have to just be great, funny, great comics, you know? So, and, and I know we do that to survive, to get stage time, to get the, but it's got to stop. We can't do these like hysterical and ladies night out. (laughs) It's that's another thing that, that, that pisses me off, but I'm with you, sister. If you need me for anything, because I believe the misogyny in this country, something we have, you know, the ERA hasn't passed. We couldn't even, we couldn't even elect a, a person, a woman, who's overqualified for the job because she has a fucking vagina and you don't like her and you don't like her husband. You know, yeah. it's a fucking job. I I know you're telling me you're preaching to the choir and I'm here in this fight right there with you. And, you know, people act like women don't need money to survive. Like we like. Right. Like, you know, we're going to get. But I was just saying, oh, you got paid in kisses. I'm like, let me pay you in kisses. Come here. You know what I mean? What the fuck is that? I would I would kill the, that person. But exactly. So but you talk about what makes me angry. And, and now I I feel like I've been put in this position. You have to understand brown women don't know they have a right to laugh. Right. They don't know that. They're too scared. That's right. why brown women don't do comedy because who's going to laugh? The men don't pay attention. You know, mm-hmm. they all act like they're so important. Right. Everybody and- is out there solving world crisis. Not. Which I but, think is why you love Jewish women, because I, we yeah. are just like, fuck you. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. learning from you guys. Like my culture would, would have me believe that I should be sitting there quietly in the back. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, And I want us to take that next step. But I will tell you this, Judy, that in the little bit of time that I've been in this business, the market is changing. The people who come to the clubs, like sometimes people think, oh, why is she not grateful we're giving her this spot? I'm like, you need me. You need me. Oh, fuck you. You wouldn't even have this place if it wasn't for comedians. Yeah. And and women. women, Yeah. Women are part of the audience today. The men are too busy watching sports and playing video games. Mm -hmm. Women are showing up and they're done listening to your stupid dick jokes. Right. They want to hear about other things. Right. So I do think that there's a shift and I'm I'm always pointing to that shift because sometimes people will be like, you've only been in this for three years. What do you know? I go, I know business. Right. And it's but, a business. 
this is a, I see a lot of ladies in this audience and you're telling me you don't need more of us right. on that stage because they want to hear another infantile like 20 year old male talk about porn yeah we don't want to hear it i don't know who came up with this idea right so i do think that there's hope for us together and i do think social media has united women in a way that no one expected right well you're the best and i want to go out to eat with you do you go out to eat a lot absolutely all the time of course okay. i, I don't I want- there's a jewish woman inside me yeah i love indian food so much let's do it uh, can we please? I'm not kidding. No, let's do it. And we'll make TikToks and stuff while we're there. Okay. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Zorna. You are the best. Thank you have you. a beautiful family. And thank, thank you for you, sharing Judy. your story. You're very inspirational. Thank you, Judy. Thank you for having me. And thank you to your listeners. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Zarna Garg. Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Jo Sowards, who does pretty much everything. Now, if you have not subscribed or left a review, like you're in total asshole, okay? Because you know this is a great podcast, and this way more people find it, and I can stay uh, on the air. I can keep doing it. So it's just being supporty. You know what I'm saying? Also, my book, Yes, I Can Say That, When They Come for the Comedians, We're All in Trouble. There is no better time to read that book. What has happened in in the world of stand-up in the past couple of weeks is unbelievable. And I I really think if you love stand-up and you love me, which you obviously do because you're listening to the end, (laughs) you know, you should go to my website, judygold.com or wherever books are sold and and get the book because I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it and I think you'll love it. Um, and the audiobook was featured in the New York Times book review, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> my parents are dead. Anyway, um, let me give you two, two of those for that. Also, I just want to let people know that I have some gigs coming up. Oh yeah. I am going to be in the Los Angeles area. I'm coming to L.A. to do the the Netflix is a is a joke festival. And I am going to be doing my own show at the Elysian Theater on May 6th at 7 p.m. in uh, in L.A. And I am on a special at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles on uh, the 7th, May 7th, Saturday night called Standout, which is all LGBTQ plus performers it's going to be fucking amazing so but come to my solo solo show on the on the sixth if you're in the area you can go to my uh website judygill.com for all of my upcoming gigs i'm going to be doing uh new jersey pride i think it's morristown it's one of those uh on june 11th i am going to be uh also in east greenwich rhode island on June 18th. Oh, and I'm going to be performing in Provincetown all summer. So it's going to be fun. And I need you to be there. So check that out. Follow me on Tweetar, Instagram, and Tweetar at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y. And also, I, I just want to say that 
the Ukrainian situation is making me so upset. I know you're probably all so upset about it. It's just, it's just awful. And I just can't believe we live in a world where people are just awful to one another. So be nice to each other, you know, because I'm really nice to everyone. And if you're still listening, which I know some of you do listen to the end because I have been getting tweets and emails. Well, not emails, but I've been getting um, people writing on Twitter and Instagram. So I have now begun to write their names down. And I'm going to mention you, Mr. Patrick Keller, and say thank you. Thank you. I love you because I can't believe you're fucking listening to me at the end of this um, podcast. But we have so many great people coming up on the podcast. I'm I'm really thrilled. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is a labor of love, not money, I can assure you. And um, I just, I can't thank you so much. There's so many podcasts. And I just realized I've been doing this for seven years, seven years, seven years. And I still love like telling people stories. So it's because of you that I still do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. And that's all. I just hope, um, you know, we have peace at some point. And, um, oh, yes, I also wanted to say gay, 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 gay. And as we always say, so long.